craving fried chicken? Stop by One Stop on the way to the big game. One Stop number 6, located at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville, serves fresh fried chicken and famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Craving wings? Come try the new spicy breaded wings. Get a five-wing meal with six taters in a roll for just $7.39. Now in regular, hot, ranch, or spicy. One Stop number 6, 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. God, it's Friday. JP Monday, Ryan Stone, the franchise players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Ryan, the college football playoff rankings came out this week, and I'm I got questions, man. I got questions. Uh, first of all, and I don't want to see this, and I understand it's week one, so I don't have to worry about it very long. Uh, but Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan. Alabama, TCU, Oregon, USC, LSU is your week one top 10 in the college football playoff. I don't have a whole lot to gripe about uh, besides the fact that I know Georgia is better than Tennessee. But I do have questions about Clemson because let's be honest, Clemson and Michigan above Alabama is, is pretty cute. I mean, I'd actually buy TCU instead of Clemson based on how well they've played against ranked teams this season, but also because they're the one team that's in the mix that I haven't seen play yet. But I have seen Clemson play what some would call its very best game in person over at Wake Forest. I don't know about them, partner. What were your thoughts when they came out Tuesday night? Uh, First of all, I was surprised that I was surprised to see Ohio State ahead of Georgia, actually. Uh, I wasn't surprised to see Tennessee number one because I, I think at this point Tennessee does have the best resume, uh, and that you know if if that's if that's incorrect, then Georgia's going to correct that themselves this uh, tomorrow. So as it should. that's not yeah, so that's not that big of a deal. Uh, I was a little shocked to see Ohio State there. Um, I kind of have the same uh, thoughts on. Mainly because I, there's there's a like I, I I guess I have a lot of problems with it when I think about it, um, but it's the first one, so I just don't care as much. But like, I, I how is Ohio State two? Michigan is what five? Is that right? Yes, that is that is correct. Well, Michigan, if we're comparing games, like now, granted, Ohio State did ha- does have Notre Dame on their schedule. Um, but if we're comparing performances, like Michigan was way better against Penn State than Ohio State was. Um, oh, Ohio okay. State kind of Ohio State kind of struggled, so I don't understand how their two and Michigan's five and, and Clemson. Yeah, I I don't I I Clemson I <laughs> I, I don't it, it's hard to they have a playoff defense. They don't have a playoff offense. I've said that all year. Um, I feel like at some point it's going to cost them. Um, we'll see when they go to Notre Dame on tomorrow because that's going to be uh, a really interesting game. Um, I, I and I I think like I would put TCU above Clemson and and Michigan um, because and even Alabama uh, because their quarterbacks are better. <laughs> like. Those they have they have Heisman contenders at quarterback and Michigan and and Clemson don't. Yeah, I I, I think Clemson and I know we're going to upset some folks because again the big chatter around town has been you know there's nobody that's an advocate for uh, the ACC when it comes to this kind of stuff like they are for the Big Ten and the SEC and because. It's not done. These rankings are done by a committee of humans and not a computer program. Then people are going to be crying politics and unfairness and, you know, and and brand awareness and all this kind of things. And, of course, historical performance also factors in whether it should or not. And all of those things probably factor in. But 
what I think people are missing in regards to the Tigers is what you just said. They've had one game, and it was an excellent game, where they showcased uh, some offensive talent. But other than that, it's been the Will Shipley and the defense show. And yep. that is not equate to a college football playoff berth. But I don't think, partner, that it's that it's going to matter for much longer. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the schedule, and Clemson's big wins are against North Carolina State, Wake Forest, and Syracuse. Okay? Yep. North Carolina and Wake Forest play each other tomorrow. And a loss, quite frankly, any loss by any of those schools going forward – is bad for Clemson, and Clemson's likely to win out. Yeah, I I think they're going to take care of Notre Dame, but I think they could be left out of the party as an undefeated ACC champion just because their strength of schedule is just not what it's cracked up to be. Yeah, well, I mean, Ohio State or Michigan, one of them is going to cancel themselves out uh, when they play. Um, Alabama is going to get a chance to jump Clemson because they will – they will probably they will likely get a shot at either Tennessee or Georgia in the SEC championship game, uh, and they get LSU this uh, tomorrow. So uh, if TCU runs the table, they're going to be in the discussion likely over Clemson because, like, while the ACC, I mean the ACC isn't horrible this year, but the Big Twelve has a case that it might be slightly better. Um, I mean, even, you know, Oregon and USC, they could face off with each other. So there's there's a lot behind uh, this, behind Clemson, that it's going to be hard for them to stay in front of when you look at their schedule going forward. And also you look at the fact that I, I think NC State's going to drop some games now that uh, now that Leary's out. Um, I think, you know, I think uh, Syracuse could, could go either way and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. So I think that there's a lot kind of working against Clemson to stay in that spot. Uh, one other question that I will ask in terms of an ACC team. LSU is all the way up at number 10 with two losses, right? That's correct. There is a three-loss Texas team at 24. Mm. Florida State beat LSU. They did. In the opener. And their three losses are to teams that are inside of this top 25. So how is Texas ranked and not Florida State? That's a great question. <laughs> it may be a sense of like how at Florida State started hot, and it's not like they're down, but they have leveled off, whereas Texas, yeah. te Texas may have a, a more upward arc. That would be the only thing that – that I could see as to why Florida State is on the outside looking out or outside looking in, but I, you know, I, I that's a very, very valid question. And they don't they don't tell us who like it's not like the AP where they tell us who just who just got left out or who's right on the outside looking in. Right. Uh, so don't no idea where Florida State is technically at either. I, and I think another thing is, and you and I have been proponents from the jump as long as we've known each other that. Usually, whether it was the BCS or the college football playoff, the right teams, it sorts itself out. Normally, nine times out of ten, even eight out of ten, I'll allow that, <laughs> they get it well, right. Well, and, look, let's, well, let's look at this top ten, shall we? Yes, go ahead. Because, okay, Tennessee and Georgia are about to play. That's essentially a playoff game ahead of time. Uh, the winner of Tennessee-Georgia will likely play Alabama again. Check that off. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. Check that off. Uh, let's see. Clemson, like we said, they've kind of already played their their parts of the schedule, but these teams behind them. Uh, TCU has, for the most part, kind of already taken care of like their business. I'm not 100% sure who's left on their schedule, um, but they've handled their business so far uh, and been pretty impressive in doing so. Uh, Oregon and USC have a chance to potentially play each other so all of this like it's again i feel like all of this is going to shape out again i i think so and i think what people <laughs> need to ready themselves for is the fact that it could potentially look like georgia tennessee and alabama in three of the four playoff spots and i'd have a hard time arguing against it yeah well i mean i guess it 
It depends, it depends on what happens in the playoff game with Alabama. If Alabama wins the SEC championship, then I, yes, I would say I would say three SEC teams should make it. You, would, I mean, you would have a legit case for all three. Well, I would think I think for that to happen, Georgia needs to beat Tennessee this week. I think because you know, I, I agreed because Georgia yeah. Georgia has been the shakiest of all yeah. of them. Um, back to your TCU question, real quick. I pulled up um, the Horn Frog schedule. They have Texas Tech at home tomorrow, but then next weekend they're at Texas. Then they go to okay. go to Baylor and finish out at home at Iowa State. So it's not like it's easy sledding for the Horn Frogs. But that that date at Texas looms large. That that Texas game is going to be the that's the. That and I guess a potential rematch with Kansas State in the Big Twelve Championship are the biggest the biggest hurdles for them. The one thing that I do like about this college football playoff ranking system, and people can scream about politics and brand and conference and all that stuff, and it may or may not be true. However, they are looking at strength of schedule. They have to be looking at one loss record and other things. They are looking at weather. They are looking at you know if it, you know if somebody play, if somebody was upset, you know at home, but it was in the middle of a monsoon and it was by two points, you know th- that group of rational human beings is likely to put less emphasis on that loss for a team. That is not the same that can be said for the North Carolina high school football playoff seedings. Can you please tell me since you've done you spent your your high school football season in Virginia, do you happen to know how Virginia uh, picks its teams? Uh it's based on a point system. Um so I mean you you, you kind of get you get points for teams you've beaten, uh how they perform the rest of the season. Um it, it's a it's a point system. I don't have a hundred percent full understanding of it yet, um, but it's—I mean—it seems to be pretty on point and accurate. I will say, is it all? But is it all based on numbers? Essentially, essentially. Yeah. Okay, so North Carolina's this is how they do it. They call it an RPI, and um, let's—you know—just like last year, of course, Ryan. There's the top two in every con- in conference get an automatic bid. That's easy enough finish one yep. and two that's a, that's a easy enough to do the seeding and then the at-large selection process is based on rpi which is your one loss record your opponent's one loss record and your opponent's opponent's one loss record just like joe Serra told everybody last week i'm just reminding you that that's what it is what it is missing is the eye test and i and I'll be full, full disclosure here, I'm an analytics guy. I'm a trained professional data analyst. I like numbers, or I like data. I like facts, because it can tell me that if somebody goes 20 for 24 passing for 400 yards and five touchdowns, that is something that happened, and that is a good quarterback performance. Okay. But that number does not tell me the eye test because they were that quarterback may have been facing me, you, and Desmond in the opponent's secondary. True. The eye test. And that is what has happened to some of these seedings this year in North Carolina, along with the fact that some teams in bigger conferences are being penalized for having winless or one-win teams seated at the bottom of their conference when you've got multiple teams seated at the bottom of the conference anybody who has seen east forsyth play and that they have played people like rollsville they went and played south iredale they and they played their tough conference schedule but they are essentially being punished for playing parkland and reynolds because and and they've ended up with a number four to seed behind watauga and mooresville yeah which is crazy and everyone that I have talked to thinks that they are better than that. Now they're going to have to ultimately prove it. Okay. Yeah. I understand that anybody, we saw it last year. Anybody can fall flat on their face. First couple of rounds of the uh, playoffs, no matter how good you are, it happens. 
Not often, but it does happen. But I am giving, I, I am going farther away from analytics this year when it comes to using a computer to to seed things like this because it's just mi- missing the obvious. There's no football involved in it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I think it's it's also like. I'm not sure that analytics is like the way to there's the, you can't have an eye test. Um, so I think the way Virginia does it with a point system is probably actually the more accurate way to do it. Um, anything is going to have its issues, but I, that the analytics thing doesn't, especially, you know, East Forsyth being a four seed is, is absurd. They've been regarded as the best team in the state since, I don't know, week two, or something like that, right. uh, like, and they've delivered every week, so it's absurd for them to only be a four seed. And I'm not taking anything away from Grimsley. I'm not because yeah. Grimsley's number one, and we're going to have them just as soon as we're done tonight. We're I'm going to take the private jet over back to Jamison Stadium, and we'll do Davy versus versus Grimsley. I've seen Grimsley now multiple times this season. They have they've got an excellent team. They are very deserving of that one seed, but it's just absolutely absurd to me that a team I'm my, my my concern isn't number one seed my concern is two through four there, yeah I mean I I also think I mean if you were to if you were to break down those two teams if you're talking just East and Grimsley like Grimsley is very good uh, they're also really young they don't have a ton of experience on that roster as when you compare it to East for Scythe, at least right so again the analytics don't make a lot of sense there in, in terms of talking about the eye test. Now, thank goodness that they are, uh, you know, the, the bracket does set up that they would have to meet. You know, they would have, to, <laughs> would have to meet on the way. So there is some justice there. And ultimately, this stuff is it is worked out on the football field like we want. It's just weird, and it, it's just the way we do it, and it has caused a lot of debate um, throughout North Carolina about how some of these came came about. I do like the idea of a of a point system. You know, you get you get three points for every win. Did you win your conference? Well, add five points. Um, what's your winning your winning percentage? And blah 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 blah. I think that you can bake in some things. What did your What did your opponents do? Stuff like that. Yeah. But I think what what ultimately happened with the Metro being, I think I think the Metro 4A is a smaller conference, for instance, and I think the Watauga team plays in a smaller conference. You know, when it came time to calculate East Forsyth an uh, RPI, you had to factor in the fact that you know Parkland had a less than stellar season, R.J. Reynolds had a you know a, a less than stellar season, and overall the CPC wasn't what it was last year. And I think all of those things came back into play. I was just curious as to what as to what is the best way to put an eye test in. And, and ultimately, I really don't feel like a bureaucrat <laughs> in Raleigh is going to be the best judge of that, considering you can't see everybody play, right? Especially yeah. in high school. Yeah, I agree. Well, we're going to switch our focus coming up to, well – <laughs> another debacle. Uh, the Panthers went to Atlanta last week with renewed purpose, new quarterback, new coach, but ultimately, again, snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. So we're going to talk about the Panthers for as little as possible, and then Ryan's going to have our stone-cold locks that you won't want to miss when we come back on the Franchise Players, powered by Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to the show, JP Money Long with Ryan Stone. Ryan, while Panthers fans have spent the week talking about different ways to draw and quarter the kicker <laughs> after missing the key kicks that cost them a win on Sunday, I'm not going to talk about the, the taking off of the helmet. 
which, you know, no, we're not going to talk about that. I want to talk about how quiet it was around Panthers headquarters at the trade deadline. I am kind of at a moral and ethical dilemma, which could be argued at any moment (laughs) of my life. But on one hand, I think the Panthers should be tanking. But on the other hand, they legitimately have a chance to maybe make the playoffs and maybe win the division and isn't that a point? Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't buy bad playoff bursts. <laughs> like there no there's no value to them other than maybe selling some tickets for a first round game where you get dumped. Like there's just no value to it in the long in the long term scheme of things because what the Panthers need is a franchise quarterback that they can build around. They now, have not they have not demonstrated an ability to acquire one, so they need to do it through the draft. <laughs> and I'll be and I'll be honest with you, I'm a little frightened <laughs> because this organization, no matter who's been the owner or who the GM has been, has been willing to let la- you know who the most popular player on the on the team always is the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, PJ Walker was that his name? Yeah, PJ Walker. PJ Walker. I mean, I'm honest. I'm not trying to be funny here, but I mean, I'm just tired of watching bad quarterback play in Charlotte. So forgive me, PJ. But PJ is an interception machine. But he's a more exciting quarterback, leading a more exciting offense right now. Because, as I told Dez forever and ever, it would be addition by subtraction by getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. Because now they don't have to worry about keeping him healthy. They can just yeah. run offense. I think the other thing that the Panthers really <laughs> I like Steve Wilkes. Oh, I think I he's a good. I, I think he's a good coach, and he's clearly a guy that teams want to play for. That players want to play for. The question is, can Steve Wilkes develop a quarterback? Because if he can't, then he can't be your head coach going forward. We have no like track record of Steve Wilkes developing a quarterback, so that's a hard answer to make. But but again, like. I know Steve Wilkes wants to win games. I understand the Panthers want to win games for Steve Wilkes, but it's not what's best for the franchise going forward. That's just that's just, that's a hard truth to swallow. I know for Panthers fans, it, but at this point, it's better to be competitive and lose. But not necessarily in the way you lost Sunday, because that's a horrible way to lose a game. But <laughs> it's better to be competitive and lose. I think I don't mind, and and I have always had a problem with. Well, let's just stink on purpose I that's what i'm saying i, I, I think i think I, I think it's better to be competitive and lose because you are at least showing growth but you can try new things you know you don't have an identity anyway you're not going to have an identity which is what you know the believe in carolina panthers podcast has been talking about you know they've got to get back to their the panthers identity i don't know i mean the Desmond has always Desmond has always talked about the identity for the Carolina Panthers has always been run first, power run, and that that kind of thing. Who's to say that they can't create a new identity, one that actually is not um, befitting of a mediocre team? And well, who who are the who are the the good teams in the NFL that are a power run team first? Name I, them for me. I, you're done. There is nobody on that list. The only the only team that you can make the case for is the Tennessee Titans. And are they good? That's a fair question to ask. That's true. And that the fact is they've got Derrick Henry. Yeah. That's the only reason they're a power running team. And it goes it's the same thing as to my I've got the, my buddy who who insists that, you know, the the SEC has gotten soft in college football because they're not playing defense the way they did back in 1998. Well, the fact is Every offense in the world is running spread offense now. Well, well who who isn't soft then? If that's the re- if that's the case, like the game everybody's has changed. Yeah, the game has changed. And what I used to be because how many times have you heard me say if you score forty two points in an NFL game and you lose that that should not happen ever at the pro level? Well, I have come to understand that in today's game that can happen. It's still pretty rare, but yeah, it can happen in today's. I mean. It can happen if you're playing a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. It, it absolutely, it, it absolutely can. You know, and with a significant, where with a sufficient cast around them to an Aaron Rodgers too. I mean, there's a bunch of good. I'm out. Said there's a bunch of good quarterbacks. Excuse me. There are some good quarterbacks in this league that are super effective. 
However, none of them are affecting your income, right? <laughs> Let's talk about the ones that are affecting your income. How did you do last week and what's your record right now? Well, NFL was uh, fantastic. Uh, seven and zero, seven and zero on Sunday on the NFL huh. uh, last yeah. week, and uh, so uh, we missed the Monday night game on a posted pick. So seven and one total on the weekend. Um, college was three and three, not too shabby. Could have been better. Did you miss? Um, we missed Tennessee. Missed. I missed uh, taking Kentucky with the points. That's all. I, that's all I needed to hear you say. I played. I played. A, I played a trend there, and you know. It, it backfired. It, it happens. It wasn't that your research was bad. Like, <laughs> everything you did, make, make, everything you said made sense, and it was enough points. It was seven points. So what do you have for us this week on your Stone Cold Locks? Uh, so starting out in college, first of all, my God, at the slate Saturday night in college football. Like, they couldn't spread some of these out. Like, Saturday night, Alabama LSU, Texas Kansas State, Clemson Notre Dame. Wake NC State, Florida State, Miami. Oh my all kick God. off with, within an hour of each other. <laughs> I'm going to have two TVs, my phone, and a tablet going. Oh, my goodness. And thank goodness my Air Force team plays at 11 a.m. Yes. Yeah, I've got an, early, an earlier one on uh, Saturday, too. So I am uh, very happy that I will be off in time for the night games. Um, I think uh, the first the first one I'm going to go with in terms of just uh, just order of kickoff uh, I'm going to go back to the well again. Surprise with my with my TCU Horn Frogs. It's oh no longer gosh. it's no longer my Wake Forest Demon Deacons after they let me down last week. Oh uh, yeah, uh, my TCU Horn Frogs though. Knock on wood, they come through. Uh, I'm going to go. They're getting eight and a half at, against Texas Tech, which to me is a little much for me in a rivalry game. Uh, but I'm going to take the TCU team total. I'm going to take TCU to score over 38 and a half points again this week. Um, that's the first one. Um, I'm also going to go uh, in ACC country. Syracuse on the road at Pitt. And for some reason, Pitt is a three and a half point favorite in this game. Um, I don't know. Something, it, something isn't right with that to me. Like, I know Syracuse lost. Uh, they had, they've had a tough couple weeks. But to me, this is a get-right spot for them against a rival. Uh, so Syracuse getting more than a field goal. I will gladly take the uh, the plus three and a half there with uh, with them. Um, we're also going to go back to the well with Alabama. Uh, I am going to take Alabama's first half line, minus six and a half. Uh, that 13 and a half is a little much for me on the full game line, but I will take them minus six and a half in the first half. Guys, pay I... attention to that. Pay, <laughs> pay attention to that because that boat, the Ryan that you see out on the lake, <laughs> was paid for by the first half. Um, is LSU, though? I, I, Valley? I know, but I think it'll be that'll be a bigger factor later in the game than in the first half. Bama starts fast. It's what they do under LSU does um, not do the LSU So I think are fast. Okay. I think I think Bama and, and honestly in the Saban Brian Kelly matchups in the past, they have not gone well for Brian Kelly. Uh so so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Nick Saban in that uh, that first half minus six and a half. Um I am going to go I said they weren't my Wake Forest Demon Deacons anymore, but I'm going to take a minus four in Raleigh Saturday night. Um, classic bounce back spot. And I just don't think, I, without Devin Leary, I just don't think they can score with Wake Forest. I don't know. Um, I like State's backup quarterback, man. I, I, don't th I just don't think they can. Um, and I think Sam Hartman after last week and Wake as a team and Dave Clawson after last week uh, are going to be locked in and ready. I trust Dave Clawson more than I trust Dave Doran. Um, and I'll also take the experienced quarterback in, uh, in Sam Hartman in, uh, in that regard, uh, NFL wise, uh, haven't looked a ton at the, uh, at the NFL slate yet for, uh, for this weekend. Uh, but I do know, um, let's see, Bengals, Bengals, Bengals at home getting seven against Carolina. I will take the Bengals, um, 
I know it's a short week. I know Carolina played pretty well last week. I feel like the Panthers might be reeling a little bit coming off the way they lost that game, and I think the Bengals are going to play mad. Uh, so I like them minus seven. Um, at some point, the Green Bay Packers are going to put up some points and win a game convincingly. They played better Sunday night against the Bills. They covered the spread. So I think going to Detroit is a get-right spot for Green Bay. So I will take them minus the three and minus three and a half there. Uh, and then I am going to go. You know who's been the most pleasant surprise team in the NFL this season? In terms this, of betting, I have no idea. Well, not, not, I'm not just betting, just in terms of watching, in terms of low expectations and them delivering. Miami Dolphins. This, no, the Seattle Seahawks. Enjoyable team to watch with Geno at quarterback. Surprisingly enough, former uh, former uh, Wake Forest running back Kenneth Walker the third, mm. prime uh, prime uh, rookie of the year candidate at the moment. They are getting two points at Arizona against Ooh. a Cardinals team that they already beat by ten earlier this season. So I will take the Seahawks plus two points in that matchup. Wow. Okay. All right. Now, given the recent allegations or the news that came out this week about uh, Daniel Snyder um, coincidentally um, engaging Bank of America in a sale of the Washington Commanders, do you think that they the, that the Vikings you might play the Vikings? It's Vikings by three right now. That line is minus three in Washington. In Washington, like Washington's been pretty decent, actually. I mean, at four and four, I that's one of those that I probably leave alone because the line is probably right. Um, that's one of those I could see being close and Minnesota winning by a field goal late, and it just pushes. Um, if it was a half a point one way or the other, I'd probably play it. But uh, three is probably about right at the moment. What is a, what's one of the indicators that you look at? You you mentioned and, and so far today you've talked about. Well, I also think that I trust Dave Clawson more than I take Dave Dorn. So okay, there's an eye test there. Okay, that's an eye test thing. And then you've also mentioned you know home and away. What's another indicator that might be an outlier to some folks that you look at when you're looking to play uh, play something? Um. I, mean, I think, uh, particularly in college, like I think the spot, like the situation of the game, like for example, like Wake coming off getting beat down last week. We know Wake is not thirty-four, actually thirty-four points worse than Louisville. They just were last week uh, because they had eight, whatever it was, eight turnovers or something absurd. Yeah, it was in awful. the third quarter. Um, that's not going to happen again. Um, so I think that you know, that's, a, that's a situational thing. I think you know Syracuse is another example. Like they've lost two in a row in you know tough games against good teams, uh, but you know on the road at Pitt, getting three and a half points. I think you know that's a that's another you know example of a a good situational spot for them to bounce back. So tell me this, Adam. If if our if our listeners had to pick one game, they're going to pick one. Which is the automatic? Which of your picks is automatic for tomorrow or Sunday? And it's hard not to go. It's hard not to go that TCU over thirty eight and a half, <laughs> the way they've been scoring this year. <laughs> so, so there you have it. There you have it. TCU over thirty eight and a half is our automatic stone cold lock. Next up, we're going to preview tonight's high school football playoff action. But first, we're going to debut a new segment. You've heard of the starting five. Yeah, this is the non-starting five. You're listening to Franchise Players on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to Franchise Players, J.P. Mundy, Ryan Stone. Ryan, are you familiar with the term multiverse? As in, you've heard them talk about the Marvel multiverse. Yes. Or the DC multiverse. And essentially, is that, well, you've got like, for instance, five different Spider-Men. Okay? You know, you've got, you know, we all know the story, right? Peter Parker is Spider-Man. You know, he's got 
got bit by the spider, whatever. He's got powers. This is they got like five different ones. They got like some of them, like a couple of them have different outfits. Um, yep. A couple of them aren't Caucasian. Um, you've got different storylines. You've got Spider-Man dying in one multiverse, but yep. they all coexist at the same time. All right. And it's the same thing in, like, say, the DC Comics world where Batman has died a couple of times and I think Robin died in one version. And then you got the Superman who's got all this, uh, you know, this is the same idea. I think that there is another multiverse and it's sports. Okay. Because there's the games that we look forward to. You talk about Saturday night. Talk about Saturday night and you've got all these great games that are going to provide an enjoyment uh, to us. Then there's the NBA. You're a big NBA fan. We can watch the Hornets and uh, enjoy that. But then we've got the other side of sports, which is so absurd, Ryan, that you can't believe it's in the same realm as the stuff we watch on Friday and Saturday nights. And that's why instead of picking a starting five every week, we're going to pick a non-starting five. Are you with okay. me on this? I'm with you. Okay. So the first person on the bench, not off the bench, not on the court, right? The far end beside the girl giving cocktails to the floor seats. Kyrie Irving is the first <laughs> member of our non-starting five. Ryan? Let's I can't go. imagine why. I, I, bro. I just, look, I, it's very, it's very, it's very simple. If you or I made those comments in our jobs, number one, with or without an apology, we are terminated. Yeah. No more income, okay? But we would still apologize. If it, I would like to think that. But none has been forthcoming. As a matter of fact, he's almost standing his ground saying he didn't produce the documentary he spoke of. And then he uses a lot of words that he found in Roger's thesaurus that reminds me of the Princess Bride, where the, where the guy says, where Anigo Montoya says, I do not think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> I think that's, uh, that's like the everyday life of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, Captain Flat Earth, you are the first member of our non-starting five this week, and I think... That leads into number two, and it's a guy that should not be on this non-starting five, Ryan. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who is who took over for a very famous commissioner who happened to be Jewish, for not speaking up immediately and taking some sort of action. It took him a week, Ryan, to respond. And now, yep. finally, a week later, he's mad. He said that it's not enough that uh, the Nets and Kyrie are going to put up $500,000 to um, the to help with the movement uh, to eradicate anti-Semitism. That's a good gesture. Why do the Nets need to do that anyway? I have no idea. I just, I just. Don't I mean, I, oh, I mean, I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, I just. What is? What did the Nets do wrong here? Like, besides him being on the team. There there needed to be a swift response. There needed to be – isn't he the boss? Isn't that – I think I, – I think – I mean, I think he's in a little bit – I think – I mean, Kyrie, while he, he shouldn't have shared it, that's kind of obvious at this point, he didn't say it himself. So I think there's – somewhat of a tricky spot there on like going forward with what certain athletes share and things like that. I think that's probably why there hasn't been a, you know, a direct fine or a suspension or anything of that nature. Um, because the stuff like that in the play, everybody's, a lot of people have referenced Myers Leonard. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Think back in early 2021 when he was playing, you know, he's playing a video game. Uh, and called somebody an anti-Semitic term, but he actually the words actually came out of his mouth. That is correct. Uh, so it's it's not. While while I'm not condoning what Kyrie did, I'm not defending him. He was wrong. And, and let's it talk, is different. 
Yeah, it is. it is different. The other thing is for anybody out there saying that, well, whatever happened to free speech? Free speech protects you, affords you protection from the government. Jail. That's it. If you're out of jail walking around. That's it. That's it. If I go on the air and say that and say bad things about Ryan Stone and defame him for 15 minutes live on the air, I am free to do that. Ryan is also free to give me one tremendous butt whooping <laughs> the next time he sees me. That's a consequence of my actions. Okay? I'm so play stupid games. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yeah, you, you mess around and find out. <laughs> you mess around and find out, which is a perfect segue to the next member of our non-starting five today, Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder, who has been accused of so many things, and it's so it's so perfect. Uh, he said, "You know, he 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 is always one step behind the the people who are investigating his actions." Daniel Snyder is apparently being investigated by the feds for the fiduciary improprieties. Yes. Now. Now, finally, Ryan, he is open to selling the team. Coincidence? I think not. I think no, no. Well, they announced they announced yesterday that the uh, the Eastern District of Virginia uh, is is investigating him for for improprieties or whatever. So yeah, I mean he he knew what was coming, <laughs> so that's that's why he made that move. Somebody, this is another guy who nobody has ever told no. Huh, uh, the last two members are non-starting five. <laughs> Auburn, welcome back. This, <laughs> this thing didn't even exist until five minutes ago. But Auburn, I, I, f- I feel like this is a place where you have resided. Auburn, as an athletic department, and Auburn, as a fan base, is absolutely ridiculous. You should have never hired Brian Harson. You knew no. it when you were flying <laughs> him to the planes for an interview. You knew it within months of his hire. You knew it certainly before this season, but you fired him. You knew it wasn't a good fit. You knew it, and you did the most Auburny thing possible. You not only hired him, you threw all kinds of money at him. Congratulations. Now you don't have a a head coach. And now you've got people like Bo Jackson. Excuse me, Bo Jackson. I don't Deion Sanders and Lane Kiffin topping your wish list for head coach. Good luck on the planes. They they they've got they're in a uh they're in kind of a difficult spot with this next hire too because like do they go with someone like Dion, who's an upstart and has done very well at Jackson State and would definitely be able to recruit the talent? Absolutely. Do they go with him, even though he doesn't have any Power 5 experience? Or do they do they go with somebody with head coaching experience, like if they could get Lane Kiffin? I mean, I do think Lane would be – I get why he's the top of their wish list. I get it, too. Because, because I, he will go he will go head-to-head with Nick Saban and have no problem with it. And he can recruit. Um, he, but I, I don't think well, Lane wants to deal with those boosters. I really don't. I mean, he's also, you know, he's 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 doing a pretty damn good job at Ole Miss. Um, so I, good. you know, yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know that he wants to leave to rebuild. That would be, I think, the biggest. It, to stay in, like, you know, the same conference. Um, I think you know, Hugh Freeze is another name that's been mentioned. Uh, so he's another guy that would. But the experience, obviously, twenty thirty. Uh, that you know that doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for saying it, because all you Liberty fans out there, number one, it's nice headline, but it means very little, especially I, in a place like Liberty. Okay, uh, so the captain Ryan of our non-starting five this week it is much deserved. It is the Brooklyn Nets organization for firing Steve Nash. After everything that organization has been through over the last two and three years, personnel-wise, 
PR debacle-wise and everything else, their solution, Ryan, was to fire Steve Nash. Well, the only he should have never—he should have never been hired. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I, I just—I mean, the guy had—the guy had no coaching experience. Um, I don't know of. I'm trying to think. Like <laughs> most good coaches that I can think of off the top of my head in the history of the NBA that played, most of them were pretty good defensive players. Steve Nash couldn't guard a wet napkin oh my in a snowstorm. Oh, my goodness. No, he, he's like, he is not a top five point guard all the time because of how bad he was defensively. I, and you want, you want me to make the case even further for that? Look at how much better of a coach Jason Kidd is in the NBA than Steve Nash. Look at what Jason Kidd did with that Dallas Mavericks team when he beat LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. And, and I'll go even further. Those beloved Phoenix Suns teams that never made it to the damn NBA Finals. You put Jason, you swap Jason Kidd and Steve Nash, guess what they do? They win a championship. I said it. Uh, and I fully agree with your sentiments. My point being is, is that Steve Nash did not create the circus that is the Nets. No, he, he joined the circus. He joined the circus, which is why the, the organization itself determined to make that, that with all the stuff going on, while they have a PR person job opening out there on the job boards, obviously they do need a PR person. They decided <laughs> the right thing to do is not suspend Kyrie or shop KD or whatever it is they need to do. They just they fired their coach. Congratulations. Oh, and they're evidently hiring M.A. Udoka. Uh, yes, another person who is just uh, tons of good judgment. Just tons of uh, – uh, here, Here's what I don't understand about, about the M.A. Udoka thing. Uh how in the world, like he got suspended for inappropriate conduct with one organization. Mm-hmm. So how is how is he allowed to go coach another team? Uh, apparently, the Celtics I, were like, "We don't want you here at all." So, but I, I, but how is the M, how is the NBA allowing that? I don't know. Ask our number two on our non-starting. I, that's, that's, that's another that's, that's another good question for Adam Silver. Adam Silver, like. I think M.A. Odoke is a hell of a coach. I was pissed when he did what he did as a Celtics fan. Yes. But, like, but because, like, I knew what was going to happen. Uh, like, and, but, and, and now he's now he has joined the circus, which is fine. But he was, but here's the thing, like, he already has, he can write that thing if anybody can, because he's, he know he came from that staff. He knows those guys, those guys respect him. So if anybody can write it, it's him. I now hide your girlfriend, hide your wives. I'm not saying that it's gonna happen, that that's what's gonna happen. I'm just saying Kyrie and KD respect him, and that will that will go a long way. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I hope they lose every game by 75 points. Coming up in mere moments, the limo is gonna be here to pick me up. And take me over to Jamison Stadium, where I, along with Northern head coach Eric Westberg, I'm going to call the Northern Guilford, or excuse me, the Grimsley Davy game. Uh, Davy was able to get into the playoffs, hopped over Northern Guilford, uh, thanks to the standings in the Metro and an unfortunate loss to Ragsdale by Northern. So Eric is going to be in the booth with me. I'm sure that'll be fun. Our other big game is East Forsyth. Uh, hosting West Forsyth, if that sounds familiar, because they played last week. <laughs> I, I honestly hadn't paid attention. I did not realize they were playing each other. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. <laughs> Just to highlight some games going on, Page in, earned a number 20 of 5 seed. They are at number 8 Charlotte Independence. Uh, I hope they do well down there. But That's a good story going on in Charlotte Independence. They, they have revived that program over there. Uh, just a huge game uh, over – 
uh, at Northwest, number 14 Northwest, playing another conference game against number 19 Southeast. They've already played, played a few weeks ago. Northwest took care of Southeast uh, pretty handily um, down in uh, down at Southeast. So we'll see what round two uh, means for them. Probably the mo- the biggest matchup in the state this week is going to be in Pofftown. Number 16, Reagan, Josh McGee's squad, taking on number 17, Charlotte Catholic. And I Ooh. know that you – Yeah, I, I was about to say, I know Ryan just made a face. Yeah, that's <laughs> – That's – yeah, that, yeah. That, that'll be good. That's what happens when any coach says, ooh, sees Charlotte Catholic pop up in their bracket. Huh. All right, that's the, I, and, and the winner, the, coach. and the winner of that gets Grimsley, right? Yes. Oh, if yeah. Yes, I mean that, as long as that's the that's the projected matchup. That's the projected. People got to take care of business. Southwest Guilford is uh, number thirty-one seed. They're heading to number two Mooresville. Um, that's a great place, as you and I well know, to, to play football. They're uh, they're going to need to be firing on all. Uh, cylinders against Mooresville. Uh, Dudley is the number six seed. Remember my rant earlier about how the the seedings are made. Dudley is a six seed. No, no, no. They are the number one overall seed in three A. But somehow they are facing number twenty seven Canton Pisgah at home. Southern Guilford's at Lenore High Brighton. Number one Reedsville hosting um, number thirty two Madison. Um, thoughts and prayers to Madison and uh, Eastern Guilford at number 23 seed going to in Monroe Parkwood. I, I just, and Oh, I can't leave them out. Number three, Oak Grove is hosting West Mech Oak Grove with just a tremendous season and yeah. oft overlooked Walkertown number 12 seed hosting Mount Pleasant. My thoughts go back to Grimsley and Davey and, and Reagan and Charlotte Catholic just, um, I think if Reagan comes out on top of Charlotte Catholic, that says so much about how strong this Reagan team is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, you think you think back to like, you know how how well Reagan played Grimsley the first time they met, <laughs> and for them to be a 16 seed is kind of that, that's that's that speaks to some depth of the of the division uh, the there. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, the West is loaded. If we're if Reagan's at number sixteen and Northwest is number fourteen, buckle up, buckle up. When we'll have the playoffs, we'll be with you throughout the playoffs because I have a feeling we might be going pretty deep in the playoffs. At least I hope so. We are desperately out of time. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Coming up in mere seconds, the private jet's going to take me out to Jameson. East Forsyth versus West Forsyth on WTOB with Rod and Desmond Grimsley and Davey with me and Eric. Next week, there's a rumor going around that Mr. Stone Cold Locks himself is back in the big chair for the playoffs. So stay tuned for that next week. So for our producer, Desmond Johnson, my partner, Ryan Stone, this is JP Monday. Hoping you have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday on the Franchise Players.